Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Please. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So overflowing. Amen. You hunger and thirst after it? In other words, God's Word is more needful to you and every act of righteousness is more needful to you than food and drink itself. Amen. When you get that way, when the Word of God is like that to you, it's more needful to you than bread and water. Then you shall be filled. There's no such thing as seeking and not finding. There's no such thing as knocking and not having the door open. There's no such thing, you see, of asking and not receiving. Because he said, if you ask, you receive. If you seek, you find. If you knock, it shall be open unto you. And all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to God, but all things are possible to him that believeth. And we're believers. Amen. We're not doubters. We're believers. Well, in the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter, in verse 2, we read and find out, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit 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 them, not being mixed with. The title of our sermon is The Message of Faith. Not the faith message, but the message of faith. The message of faith. As I said, as I was meditating on that, and I said, Lord, I, don't, I want to have another title for that because, you know, you hear that so often, the, the faith message, the faith message, and people are putting down the faith message, the faith message. So I said, what should I call it, Father God? I said, just call it the message of faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. See how simple he operates? The message of faith. And if you don't believe in the message of faith, then you're not saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. Amen. But you see over here in the book of Hebrews, the writer telling to us that the gospel was preached unto them and the gospel was preached unto many and they heard the word, but they did not mix faith with the word. Now, my wife made a cake not too long ago and my wife makes good cakes. But this one time, she had a certain kind of oil that, you know, this cake mix said you got to have a special kind of oil for it to, to raise up. Well, I mean, you know, it sounds absurd. I mean, it doesn't sound like that, that would, would happen. But when she tried to make the cake and didn't have the right oil in it, it didn't raise. And it stayed flat. Who wants flat cake? Right? Well, who wants a flat gospel? She didn't mix in the right ingredient. Had everything in there. I mean, it was all there. It was, everything was right. It seemed, everything seemed good. Everything seemed right. You see? But this here specific, this, this oil wasn't the right kind. Had to be this certain kind of oil. Well... The gospel's been preached to all of us. But people are not mixing the right one ingredient with the gospel to get it to profit them. See, the Word of God tells us also that Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the gospel, it is the power of God unto salvation. Right? Well, the gospel did not profit them not being mixed with faith. Do you see that? 
there are many that will hear the gospel message and not be saved. The message and the power of God is not enough. It takes faith out of the heart of the individual that is given to them when they hear the word of God to be saved. If they reject the message of the gospel, then the power of God is powerless to that individual. Think about that. Think about that for a minute. Even though we have heard the word and heard the word and heard the word, if you don't mix faith with the word that you heard, then the power of God is powerless to save, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to restore families, marriages, everything you can imagine. It's powerless without faith. Now, the word that's used there, as a matter of fact, let's go. I want you to see these scriptures. Go to Romans, the first chapter. And verse 16 and 17. Romans. First chapter, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. People want to operate in the power of God. Well, it's found in the gospel. But the gospel will not profit not being mixed with faith. Under salvation, which is an all-inclusive word, which means deliverance, healing, preservation, soundness, wholeness. I'm not ashamed of this gospel that brings all these things to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in this gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You can't take faith away from the gospel. As it is written, the just or those that are justified shall live by what? How did you get justified? Those that are justified shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. In the book of Romans, you're, you're there. Look at the third chapter. Verses 27 and 28. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by what? Justified by faith without the deeds of the law. We are justified by faith. The just shall live by faith. We are justified by faith, and the just shall live by faith. In the book of Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So you see, faith is involved in getting you saved, getting you justified, having peace with God, getting you in right standing with God. But faith does not stop there. The believer or the just is to live by faith. Those that are justified are to live by faith. Nothing else. By faith. Well, I think we need to know something about faith. I think we need to know a lot by faith. Because you could readily see that in the body of Christ, unless they are living by faith and walking by faith, their lives are defeated. Their lives are destroyed. It seems like the enemy has the upper hand on them all the time. But blessed be God, those that live by faith, they have the upper hand on the enemy all the time. Amen? I'm not going to let them have the upper hand on us. Glory be to God. We're going to live by faith and walk by faith and do exactly what the Word of God says. And we're going to keep him where he belongs under our feet. And that's where he belongs. But you're in the Romans, book of Romans there. Go to the 10th chapter. 
Now, the same beloved Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who had divine revelation of Jesus Christ, and everything that was given to him was given to him by Jesus Christ, by revelation. He didn't learn it of man, but he learned it of God. Jesus Christ gave it to him himself. Remember over there on the road to Damascus when he appeared to him and gave him the revelation of his death, burial, and resurrection? Well, that's how he received it. And here's exactly what the Lord taught him in verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want you to notice that it, first of all in verse 8, the scripture tells us that the word is the word of faith. The word being preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. The word is called the word of faith. The word is designed to bring faith. Verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When the word is heard, faith comes. When the word is heard, faith comes. Faith is there. When you ever tell anybody that they can be saved and tell them the gospel message of salvation, and, uh, you know, they make their decision not to accept Christ, faith came for them to be saved. Faith came when they heard it. There's no excuse because faith was there. When you spoke the word, faith came. If they didn't act upon that, well, then they didn't act upon it and they didn't get saved. But bless God, if they'd act upon it, faith is there and they can be saved right then. It's the gift of God, see? I mean, we're clearly, we're clearly told in the book of Ephesians, the second chapter in verse 8, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, but that faith is the gift of God, not of works. Faith does not come by works. Faith comes as a gift of God by hearing the word of God. And when you hear the Word of God, faith comes. Faith is there when you hear it. If you'll act upon it, it will bring faith results all the time. Now, here Paul is revealing to us the truth about faith. And he's talking to us about faith for salvation. And he's explaining to us by the Holy Spirit how faith works. And he says, this Word is nigh thee, the Word of faith, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith that I'm preaching to you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. There's a confession of your lips. There is a confession of your heart. A confession of your lips. A confession of your heart. Some people say, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But their heart is dictating another confession. They're saying something else from their heart. They say they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but live like the devil. Well... There's no harmony between their lips and their heart. Don't you remember that Jesus said to, uh, to the Jewish leaders, religious leaders, he said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. See, the mouth is not enough. It's not enough. And in many cases, the heart of people, true, born-again Christians, they're right in their heart, but wrong in their head, wrong in their thinking. So consequently, they're wrong in their speaking. It seems like they have the love of God in their heart, but they don't understand the, the, the message of faith. And so consequently, their speaking is wrong. There's a confession of the heart. There's a confession of the lips. They say one thing with their heart. I love the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that He is the healer. But in the next book, they say, I just can't seem to get my healing. So
So there's a confession of the heart, there's a confession of the lips. They're not in harmony. But blessed be God, the true message of faith is when you get the heart's confession to line up with the mouth's confession. These two embracing the Word of God, you become a powerful force for God on the earth. And you begin to walk in the God kind of faith. You begin to let God's Word reign and live through your life. Not only will your needs be met, but you'll be able to help others. So Paul is saying here, and remember, I'm not saying it. Paul is saying it by the Holy Ghost. He said, faith deals with the heart of man and with the mouth of man, with your heart and with your mouth. Now, there are many different types of faith that we can study. I'm not going to get into them. I'll only name a few. But there is what we call sense knowledge faith. Faith in the senses. Faith in what you hear. Faith in what you see. Faith in what you feel. People have been highly developed and all of us being highly developed in sense knowledge faith because we live in a sense knowledge world. You feel something. You believe it. Remember, Thomas said that unless I feel, unless I see, unless I touch the Lord Jesus Christ, I'll not believe that He's risen from the dead. Well, that's sense knowledge faith. He didn't believe until He saw. Then when He saw, He believed. Well, He didn't have to believe anything after He saw because when He saw, He knew. He knew. He saw him. It's a fact now. I know that he's been, risen. he's been raised from the dead. He has truly risen. So that's sense knowledge faith. But then there's another type of faith. It's called religious faith. Faith in religion. Faith in doctrine. Creeds. You believe in your church. You believe in their doctrine. You have faith to believe in what they say is the truth. I've talked to people and I showed them what the Word of God said. And they took their religion above God's Word. They took their religious doctrine above God's Word. Even though the Word says it, they didn't care because their faith was highly developed in their religion. Uh, there are some uh, teachings and some doctrines right now that says tongues is, is not of God and it's not for the church today. That is a doctrine. That is a false doctrine. It cannot be proven by the Scriptures. The Word of God clearly teaches us that as long as you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, tongues are for today. In Mark's Gospel, the 16th chapter, Jesus said, They that believe on me, these signs shall follow them. In my name, they'll do five things. In His name, we got saved. There's no salvation without the name of Jesus. In my name, they shall do five things. One of those five things was they shall speak with new tongues. So if you're going to take tongues away, you've got to take the name away. If you take the name away, you just slipped yourself out of heaven. Because there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they have so much faith in their doctrine and what their church teaches that they won't believe in this. Even though you can show them by the Scriptures. See, they have developed faith. Then there is a culprit called mental ascent. It is, I call it, faith and experience. It's all of the mind. We mentally agree to someone's experience and someone's, you know, testimony. And consequently, we develop faith in their testimony, but not faith in God's Word. We'll call it experience faith. You mentally agree that the Word of God is true, that the Bible says, by stripes you were healed. And you heard somebody give their testimony of how they got healed. And so, because you heard their testimony, you believe that its healing is for you. But all you've developed is faith in that person's testimony or experience. 
So you go and you figure, I'm going to try the same thing that they did. Brother so-and-so did it. Bless God, I can do it also. And so you develop a faith in their testimony, in their experience. You went home and tried to do it yourself and it didn't work. And you said, this faith business doesn't work. Well, that's faith and experience. I can give you many testimonies and we'll give a few, but we're not going to, you know, play on them solely. We're going to give the word. So don't get developed highly in someone else's experiences. You hear how God did this for so-and-so and how he, you know, believed and how he did this and how this happened and somebody left. And like, the, here's a good example. Someone heard how we had left our house and home and everything and sold everything that we had to go to school to serve the Lord. Well, somebody heard that, you know, we did that and God was blessing and he rewarded us and many things happened and glory to God and praise God. So they kind of sensed the leading that they might go into the ministry. So you know what they did? They did the same thing that we did, but they weren't led by the Spirit of God to do it. What happened to them? They failed. Fell flat on their face. They had faith in my experience. They had faith in the next guy's experience. They didn't have faith in God, in His Word. You see what I'm saying? It's not going to work because you heard me give a testimony. It's not going to work because you heard somebody else give a testimony. It's only going to work when you have faith developed in God's Word. It involves your heart. It involves your mouth. Now, I'm not going to talk about any of these faiths. What I want to talk about is another type of faith. It's found in Mark 11:22. Because this is the kind of faith we have, and this is the kind of faith that we need to develop. Let me insert one more example of faith in things other than the Word of God. Did you know that medical science is a religion? Did you know that? Medical science is a religion? Oh, yes. It's the world's religion of healing. People are so highly developed in the medical field for healing that if the doctor pronounces and says, there's nothing more that can be done, you must die, they give up all hope and figure that's it. Because if man can't do it, nobody can so they developed a high level of faith in medical science, in the medical profession, in the medical field. I'm not knocking the medical field or the medical profession. didn't say anything against it. All I said was people have too much faith in it. I mean, I've, I've known people that have gone, you know, they had so much faith in their doctor and what they was going to do. They had to have some kind of surgery or this or that. And what happened was when they got in there, they did all kinds of things that they didn't know that they were going to do. And before you know it, this don't work right, and that don't work right, and this don't work right, and that don't work right. And they say, what well, the doctor said, well, you know, I slipped. Well, you had a lot of faith in somebody that, that was really not very faithful, didn't you? So what was I to do? Start developing your faith in God. Beloved, and the reason why I say that is because God doesn't slip. I said, God don't slip. When God operates, He don't slip. When God operates, He don't have to find out what's going on inside your body because He made it. He knows how to get to it. He knows what's wrong with it. He doesn't have to take 140 tests to figure it out either. He does it because He knows how the body works and operates and you can learn how to let God be your healer. Now, don't get upset at me. Don't put the brakes on. Amen. Now, I didn't say anything against the medical field. I just said, they're not God. Did you hear me? I said, they're not God. 
But bless God, God is God, and He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Isn't that what He said? Well, we're going to talk about that. But we want to talk about the means we're about to get it. It's called faith. Verse 22. And Jesus answering and said unto them, Have faith in God. How many of you have a little number there by your by that scripture in your Bible? Slip your hand up if you have it. What does it say in the margin of your Bible? Say it louder. Have the faith of God. Didn't you know that you and I can have the faith of God? The faith of God. That's a whole bunch of faith. Have the faith of God. Now, to take that out of context, you know, someone might say, well, dear Lord, what are you trying to say? But we're not going to take it out of context. We're not going to even be accused of taking a scripture out of its setting. Because we're going to go through the whole setting and prove and show by the word of God that Jesus was actually saying, everybody that's born again can have the faith and does have the faith of God. We do have the faith of God. I'll give you some more scriptures. In the book of Hebrews 11.3, we find out, and hold your place there in Mark because we're going to refer to it, we're going to go back to it. Hebrews 11.3, this is the faith of God. He's telling us to have the faith of God. Have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. Now, he's talking to unregenerate people. He's talking to those that are not born again. He's talking to those that have not experienced the new birth. And he tells them to have the faith of God. And as you'll see this as we go along, he's really referring to us because they couldn't have it back then. But he was explaining to them how it worked. In Hebrews 11.3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, the faith of God is what created the world. He said, have the faith of God. It's the faith that created the world. How did God create? He said, light be. He spoke. He said, trees exist. They came into being. Son, give off your light. It came into existence. It came into being. Everything that he spoke, he spoke the world into existence. He spoke it and it was so. This is the, how powerful this faith of God is. But in verse 6 of the same chapter, he says, But without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Without faith you can't please God. You want to be pleasing to God? Well, without faith, you can't do it. You cannot please your Father God without faith. If I can't please Him without faith, if He demands I have faith, if He does not give me a means whereby I can obtain faith, then He is an unjust God. He's unjust. And I have a right to challenge His justice. If He tells me to have something that I can't have, then He's wrong. If He tells me to have faith, His kind of faith, and there's no possible way I can have it, He's wrong. That's like me telling you, have a million dollars if you don't have it. If you don't have a million dollars and there's no way to get a million dollars and not a million dollars in the world, well, then you can't have it. But if there was something here in the world, if there was a means whereby you can obtain it, well, you can get it. 
So he's telling you and me to have faith. Have faith. Have the God kind of faith. Well, here's another scripture for you. Praise God in Romans 12, 3. People say, well, dear God, I wish I had that kind of faith. I wish I could act like God. I wish I could use the faith of God. I wish I could get my healing. I wish I could do this and I wish I could do that. Well, bless God, get ready to be set free. Romans, the 12th chapter, and verse 3 says, For I say, verse 3, chapter 12, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man, as God hath dealt to every man. God has dealt to every man the, not a, but the measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. When you got born again, when you got saved, God has given unto every us and has dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. When you first got saved, you got the measure of the God kind of faith. And it was up to you to develop that faith and let that faith grow. Now, if you have the right diet, if you have the right, you know, program and teaching through God's Word, you're going to be able to develop that faith. I say it like this. If you have a yardstick and I have a little six-inch ruler... Let's call, you know, someone's faith. You know somebody who's got great faith. He's operating in faith. He might have been saved a lot longer than you and developed in his faith. And it seems like he's got faith as a, you know, yardstick long. And all you seem to think you have is a six-inch ruler. I'll tell you something, my friends. When you get around this church building and you use that yardstick, he uses the yardstick and you use a six-inch ruler, what are you going to come up with when you get to the end? What kind of results are you going to get? The same results. Identical results. Identical. So you've been given a measure of the God kind of faith. If you use the measure that you have, it'll grow into that yardstick. But bless God, while you're using it, it'll get the same results as the yardstick. Do you see that? Say it with me. I have the God kind of faith. I have the God kind of faith. The kind of faith that gets results. Now. See? You can get it now. The same kind of faith. You can get faith results right now because you've all been given the measure of the God kind of faith. I've got it now. You've got it now. Amen. Start measuring the building. Well, look at another scripture. I want you to turn all these scriptures. Galatians 2.20. Some people think I preach from another Bible. I don't. I preach from a King James version of the Bible. And these scriptures are really in there. They really are. But you know, we've got to dig deep. We've got to get into the Word and meditate the Word and study the Word. and Every word. Someone said to me one time, I finally got it figured out. You mean we should be doing an intensive study of the Word of God? I said, boy, bless God, you did get it figured out. Because they said, we never saw these things were in the Bible. I said, do you read it? Once in a while. You're not going to get it reading it once in a while. You've got to get in there and get it. Amen? You've got to dig. You know, someone said, when they went out for that gold rush, they're searching for gold and wanting to get gold. And some of them got a little bit of gold dust on the surface. But if they wanted to get and hit it rich, they had to dig deep. Same thing with the, with the Word. If you want to get real nuggets of gold, you've got to dig deep into God's Word. And when you dig deep into God's Word, bless God, you're going to be greatly rewarded. Amen? Well, this scripture right over here is a wonderful scripture. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God. What was that? I live by the faith of the Son of God. You've all been given the faith of the Son of God to live in this earth by. Boy, that is shouting grounds. If you don't shout over that. Oh. Praise God, your wood's wet. I have to light your fire. You've got the faith of the Son of God has been dealt to you, has been given to you. The measure of that faith is yours now. And right where you, right where you're at, if you'll start using it, as we're going to teach, you start using it, you'll get the same results that the Son of God got when He was here on the earth. I said you'll get the same results as the Son of God got when He was here on the earth. Woo! Hallelujah. That's exciting, isn't it? I'll get the same results that Jesus got. And I'll share some of those results with you. Let's go back over that in Mark. We've got to find out how this works. Boy, I'll tell you what. This lit my fire when I first got saved. And I hadn't stopped since. I'm not about to stop. No way. The just shall live by what? Faith. By what? Faith. Thus, God, we've got to live by faith. We've got to walk by faith. We've got to act faith. We've got to live faith. We gotta work. Everything is by faith. It's the word of faith. Get out your bowls and your mixers. We're going to mix faith with the gospel. Amen. And it's going to profit you. Now, over here, we see that Jesus, Jesus taught. He's not going to tell you to, to, to teach and to preach and instruct one way. and He's going to do it another way. He said, by line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little, you learn. He says, teach by precept and example. That's exactly what Jesus did. Right here in Mark's Gospel, the 11th chapter, I want you to know of a truth that Jesus taught by precept and example the subject of the God kind of faith. It's not something that somebody made up. It's not taking out of context. But Jesus is teaching how faith works. Let's start with verse 12. We left off here in our last meeting. We just touched it. But you'll be touching this, this portion of Scripture for a long time as we're in faith. I said it might be coming out your ears, but bless God, you'll get results. You'll get results if you understand it. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Somebody said, well, why in the world was he looking for figs if the time of figs was not yet? Well, back in them days, if they had, and in that country, if the, if the tree had leaves on it, then sometimes they had figs on them. If it had leaves on it like this tree had leaves on it, then sometimes they had figs on it. And so he went over to the tree to find a fig, but he found nothing but leaves on that tree. So, he seizes the opportunity, and really he's teaching his disciples faith, the God kind of faith, a new kind of faith. Not faith in what you see, not faith in what you hear. No man, now wait a minute, let's start at the beginning. Sometimes we just want to get into what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to it. Now, wait a minute. I could see Jesus talking to a tree, but that tell, is telling me that the tree said something to Jesus because Jesus answered it. Does that say that Jesus answered it? Jesus answered. In other words, circumstances are really saying something to you, dictating something to you. Situations and circumstances are dictating something to you. Even though there were no words heard, still Jesus received something from that tree. And He said, I'm not giving you any figs. There are none to be had. 
So Jesus immediately answers the tree and says, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. That's all he says. He speaks directly and answers the tree directly by saying, No man eat fruit of thee. If I'm not getting any, then nobody is. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. No man. Well, the last part of that verse says, And his disciples heard it. His disciples heard what he said. Don't you think they said, What in the world is he talking about? What in the world is he doing? Talking to a tree and telling it that nobody's going to eat another fig off of you forever? I mean, a, a young tree, a nice tree that's, you know, always has figs on it. Can you imagine that? And this tree is on the roadside to Jerusalem, from Bethany to Jerusalem, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that knew about that fig tree when their belly growled in the morning. Amen? They walked by that tree to get some figs off that tree. Okay. So, they heard it. So, he goes on his way. He goes into Jerusalem. He casts out those that were there that were making the, the house of God into a, you know, den of thieves. He says, get out of here. This is the house of prayer. Go up to verse 19. He's in Jerusalem. And when the even was come, he went out of the city. When the evening was come, he went out of the city, back to where they were. Because verse 20 tells you, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. Now, they went to Jerusalem past this tree. Jesus spoke to the tree. They got into Jerusalem, finished his work for the day. When the evening came, came back, went back to where he was. Got up in the morning, the next morning, went back into Jerusalem. You'll find that out by verse 27. And they come again to Jerusalem. In other words, they were going back and forth. From Beth, they were going back and forth. And when they went, they went by the fig tree. I want you to know and notice that when they came in the evening back past that fig tree, that fig tree looked the same as when he spoke to it. It did not change. The outer appearance of that tree did not change. It looked the same. It was identical. It looked healthy. looked like everything was all right. Same tree. They didn't say anything about that tree. Walked by that tree, looked just the same. See, the Bible says we're not to look at the things that are seen, but we're to look at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen, they're subject to change. But the things that are not seen, those things are eternal. So, even though Jesus walked by that tree and saw no change in that tree, he still believed that what he said was true. That no man will eat figs off this tree hereafter forever. Powerful words. As you're, you're going to see that they were. And in the morning, verse 20, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, now we find out a truth that faith does not operate in the seen world. Faith is of the supernatural. Faith is of the unseen world. You couldn't see the roots, but we found out that the roots were dried up. When Jesus spoke those words, He went to the very source of life. The very source. That tree had life, but He went to the source of its life. Now, we could trace wood we could trace all wood products. Someone say, well, where did that come from? Well, it came from a store. Well, where did they get it? Well, they, you know, 
And you keep on going back and back and back and back and back and finally you're going to figure out it all came from the tree. Right? Came from the tree. Well, where did the tree come from? Where did that tree come from? That's where sense knowledge stops right there. You get all your scientists and put them all together. They try to, they could prove everything all the way back to its existence. It's here. We know it's here, but we know how it got here. It's the same thing with man. We know man's here. We know he dies. How'd he get here? And can you imagine believing they came out of the animal life, animal kingdom? You would think that with that kind of intelligence, you know, they can come up with something better than us coming out of monkeys. Or the sea. I mean, really, if you think about it, their speculation and theory, when they get beyond sense knowledge, it's, just, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's so funny. It's just, you know, God sits up there and laughs on his throne. How ridiculous. They are so intelligent to get all these things, they trace it back to its original source, and they stop right there and say, well, that's it. Must have just fallen to the sky somewhere. No creator God, right? No. We find out that faith and the Word brought that tree into existence. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, the thir first chapter, verse 3, that He upholds all things by the Word of His power. He made all things, He created all things, and all things are upheld by the Word of His power. So that tree got there because God spoke and said for it to be there. So the ultimate reality lying at the basis of that tree is the Word that God spoke. That's why the universe is operating the way it does. That's why the sun and the moon and the stars operates the way they do in controlling the, the earth. Alright. So that tree was there because God spoke and He upholds all things by the Word of His power. And Jesus knew that if faith brought it there and the Word spoken made it exist, when He spoke to that tree, it would go to the source of life and no longer would that Word uphold it. It would die because he cursed it. You'll find that in first, verse 21. And Peter calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursedest, you cursed it, is withered away. Now, we find something else out. Words can curse. Peter said, those words you spoke to that tree cursed it. At its roots. You couldn't see it the first day. But the next day, finally, you saw the results in the natural realm. In the physical realm. Because the word that he spoke started in another realm. The spirit realm. It went right to the root of the problem. It began to die the moment he spoke. See, that's how faith works. It's not always instant. But instantly in the spirit realm, it's not always instant in this realm, but in the spirit realm, it takes hold instantly. But Jesus had enough faith to believe and patience to stand long enough until the thing came, into, came to pass in the natural realm. And that's where people miss it. Now, in the next verse, Jesus puts some laws into motion and explains the laws of faith. Verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Who's he answering? Peter and the disciples. He said, You said to me that I cursed that fig tree, and you said to me 
it died and withered away. It obeyed what I said. Look, master, the fig tree. Now, don't you think that if they saw it the first day, they would have said something the first day? Well, then why wait a day later to, to say something about that tree? But look, master, the tree that you cursed, it's withered away. It's, it's not, it died. It's gone. Well, Jesus said, now he's teaching them how he did it. He is showing them. He showed them by example. Now he's teaching them the laws that apply to faith. Verse 23, write this down, is the law of faith. Don't you remember that over there in Romans, the third chapter, where Paul said, by what law? The law of works? No, the law of faith. Now here Jesus is explaining the law of faith. And he says, For verily I say unto you, Peter, James, John, all of them, us, everybody else, for truly I say unto you, whosoever shall say, circle it. I know you've done it before, but circle it again. We need to hear it. Whosoever shall say unto this tree. No, not the tree. Not the tree. If he had said the tree, it would have been enough. But whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, then he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have it. Just, in other words, let me paraphrase, just as I spoke to the fig tree and commanded it and spoke and said to it and cursed it by saying, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and it obeyed me, whosoever, not just me, but whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. But if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that's true and it will come to pass, you shall have, you shall have whatsoever you say. That's what he's saying here. Now, how is that taking that scripture out of context? It's perfectly, it's in perfect harmony with the whole context of the chapter. He is teaching the law of faith. Now, that is in perfect harmony with the Apostle Paul's revelation when he said in Romans 10, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart. Right? Okay. The first mountain you removed out of your life was spiritual death. Spiritual death was lodged in your heart. But one day you heard about Jesus. One day you heard the word of faith being preached, the gospel, the power of God. It was so powerful when you mixed your faith with it by believing in your heart and then speaking it from your lips. The moment you did that, you got born again. You got saved. And the mountain of spiritual death was removed. If faith will remove spiritual death, my friend, faith will remove anything else in your body, in your spirit, in your soul, in your body. Why do we want to live beyond faith? Faith was it God entrusted faith in His Word to produce the new birth. And if it's powerful enough to, to do that, to get that out of you, you better believe it's more powerful enough to get one little old demon that's trying to come around you. 
Did you hear me? Faith is powerful in God's Word. Jesus is referring to natural things and you're going to find out how it will also work for natural things. Let's go and uh, again, let's go over this verse 23. The law of faith believes in the heart. Number one. Number two. The law of faith says with your mouth what you believe in your heart. Number three. The law of faith is saying to us that you shall have what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Now listen to me. Someone said, but Brother Bill, I tried that and didn't get it. Isn't that a shame Jesus lied? Dear, dear. Jesus said that you would and you didn't get it. He must have lied. No. I've learned to humble myself before God. If Jesus said, if I believe it in my heart and say it with my mouth, I'll get it. And I didn't get it. You know what I say? Lord, where did I miss it? Lord, where did I miss it? You said, if I believe in my heart and speak it with my mouth, that my baby will be healed. She's under my jurisdiction. My boy's under my jurisdiction. They're still young enough. And if I didn't get their healing when I did it, I want to know why. Where did I miss it? Where did I miss it? And if you have that kind of attitude, he'll show you where you missed it. And you do it right, and you'll get your result. I said, you'll get your result if you humble yourself before God and ask him where you missed it. You'll get your result. If not, you might as well just throw this Bible away. It's no good. It's for you, though. See, this law of faith applies to every individual. Every individual. I can't believe I receive something for you. I believe I receive it for me and for those, like I said, my children are under my jurisdiction so long as they're, you know, underage. The age of accountability. When God says that they got to start believing for themselves, then they'll have to start doing it for themselves. But up until right now, I can still believe for my children. Okay. So this is what the law of faith is. Now, look at verse 24 in light of verse 23 and of all of what we said. <clears throat> Therefore, now the word therefore, we said is there for a reason. Therefore, because of, let's put it this way. Jesus is saying in verse 24, because of verse 23, or because of the law of faith, or because a man can believe in his heart and say with his mouth whatever he wants and desires, and it will come to pass because of that, therefore I say unto you, Notice, therefore I say, therefore I say, because a man can believe in his heart and say with his mouth and have it to come, into pass, come to pass, therefore I, Jesus is a man, right? I say, Jesus is saying with his mouth and believing in his heart that what he's about to say will come to pass. Therefore, see he's putting the law or let's put it this way. He is putting into motion the prayer of faith. Write that down. Verse 23 is the law of faith. Verse 24 is the prayer of faith. Therefore, I say. And when he said I say, he has put into motion the, law, the prayer of faith. Because of verse 23, I'm going to operate it and use, make verse 24 the prayer of faith. Therefore, I say unto you. What things soever you desire, when you pray, 
believe you receive them, and you shall have them. That law is put into motion. That prayer of faith, the laws that apply to the prayer of faith, because of the fact the law of faith works by what you believe in the heart and say with your mouth. When it comes to prayer, people don't understand what you're supposed to believe. Now, Jesus also, it's recorded that Jesus said this in, in Matthew 21, 22. Without turning to it, I'll quote it to you, but get this in your thoughts. Jesus said, And what thing soever you ask in prayer believing, you shall receive. And what things soever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. But the part I find that people don't understand is believing what? Believing what, Lord? What things soever I'm asking in prayer, believing what, Lord? Well, I talked to one individual and he said, uh, I believe that my child's going to be healed. Now, to some of you, that might sound really religious. And it might sound like faith, but it's not faith. That's not faith. I said, well, then, uh, what do you believe? I believe that my child's going to be healed. Well, I said, when is your child going to be healed? Well, that's in God's hands. I just believe that my child's going to be healed. Now, listen to what Jesus said. What things soever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. That person believed that that child was going to be healed. But Jesus didn't say to believe that. Because in verse 24 here, he tells you what to believe about prayer. When you pray, you're supposed to believe something. But what am I supposed to believe? Well, verse 24 tells you. Therefore, what things soever you desire, when you pray, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Believing what? What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive them, and you shall have them. See, that person should not have said that my child is going to be healed. That person should have said, I prayed and I believe that I received her healing now. And therefore, now listen, you know why he put that prayer, the law, the prayer of faith below the law of faith in verse 24? Because now listen, he said you shall have whatsoever you're saying. He wanted you, he wanted you to know what to say pertaining to prayer. Because the law of faith deals with what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth. So he put it in its, in its right setting. He said, prayer, in prayer, for yourself, you must believe that you receive it. Then you will have it. And so he meant this. When you say, I believe my child has received her healing, I believe she is healed, I believe she is healed. You are applying not only the prayer of faith, but now you've left the prayer of faith and you are applying the law of faith. There's two things to remember in these two scriptures. Saying and believing and praying and believing. Verse 23 is saying and believing. Verse 24 is praying and believing. Whatever you say and believe shall come to pass if you doubt not in your heart. And you shall have whatsoever you say. But in verse 24, whatever you pray, if you believe you received it, you shall have it. Praying and believing. So in prayer, if I'm asking the Father for to meet my need in prayer, when I pray, I am to believe I receive it. So I start saying, saying, 
which is the law of faith, that I've got it. And when I put that into motion, now listen, when you talk about this realm, I notice we're getting off into the sixth sense. We're getting off into the fourth dimension. You try to get it up here, but it doesn't work up here. You've got to get it down here. When you start saying, I believe, I received, and you're saying that, you have put into motion the law of faith, you have put into motion the prayer of faith, and now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is working in the unseen realm to bring into reality those things that are not real as of yet. So faith is out there working with your confession and with your believing and while you're speaking it and saying it, faith is working in the unseen realm to bring it into the seen realm. That's what it's doing. That's what it's actually doing. Now, I said you've got to get the light on this. You've got to get the light on this. I remember when the light on this came in greater depth in my life. When I was just, well, we had need. We all have needs. But even though I knew somewhat about faith, I, I, I knew that the answer had to be in faith. And I was just meditating, playing with my little girl outside. I'm meditating out, you know, in the yard there. And uh, while well, I'm thinking, thinking over the word and we're playing and I'm thinking over the word. And it was just like a flash of light came in, inside my spirit. A flash of light just, just slipped right down inside my spirit and said, and I believe this to be the voice of conscience, your inward voice. You must believe that you have received it before you ever get it. In those words, you must believe you've received it before you ever get it. Before you ever get it. I said, you mean it's that simple? Yeah, just believe you've received it. And of course, you're going to act like it before you ever get it. You mean that's supposed to start pooping and hollering and shouting like as though I already got it? I mean, if you were... Let's say if you needed uh, uh, $300 and uh, you believe you actually received it, wouldn't you be happy and excited and joyful? Well, bless God, if you acted like it, right? Well, you should act like that. You should believe it so that God heard you so much that you should be acting like you've already got it. That's really what faith is all about. I'll give an example. Uh, this one woman, one of the first churches we ever attended, and she's a piano player. And, you know, we came in and uh, we started learning about faith. And she said, uh, I said, boy, you play a beautiful piano. She said, well, thank you. She said, trouble is, is, these fingers of mine, they just hurt so bad. I got arthritis in these fingers and they just hurt so bad. And, you know, I have a hard time playing. And I just smiled. I said, did you know what Jesus said? She says, well, what do you mean? I said, did you know that Jesus said... In Mark 11, 23 and 24. That if you'll believe in your heart and doubt not, but believe that those things that you're saying will come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you're saying. And whatever you desire when you pray, just believe that you receive it and you shall have it. She says, oh. I says, I'll show it to you. Look at here. So I was given the word. Open the Bible up. Give him the word. Show him what it said. Didn't get on her for her confession. She didn't know anything about confession. She doesn't work that way. There's two confessions of the mouth and of the heart. If you harp on somebody's confession of the mouth, you'll never get to their heart. I said, if you get all over their case about the confession of their mouth, you'll never get to their heart because you'll offend them. But if you'll tell them what Jesus said and deal with their heart, you'll get to their mouth. And so I told her what the scripture said there. And I said, now, see, sister, 
If you believe it in your heart and start saying it with your mouth, you'll have it. She said, well, bless God. I didn't know that. And I, she said, thank you. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see that in Scripture before. I just believe that you received it right now. Right now. Just, just no spectacular thing. No falling under the power. Just believe that you received it right now. And you got it. And so she did. Exactly what the Word said. I believe I received my healing. And I say with my mouth, because I believe in my heart that I'm healed. And therefore, I don't know, no longer have arthritis in my fingers. And bless God, she's been going like a whiz ever since. You say, oh, that wasn't spectacular. Well, it doesn't have to be spectacular. Bless God, she got results, didn't she? Now, when we first, one of the first times, and this isn't the first time, but one of the first times we started appropriating this in our lives. And remember now, Jesus is teaching this. I mean, if, if, if this is what people call heresy, then Jesus was a heretic because he taught it. Jesus said, Whosoever shall say to the mountain of adversity in your life, Be removed, be cast into the sea, but don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you're saying will come to pass. You'll have what you're saying. What you're saying. I can't emphasize that enough. What you're saying. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.